Welcome to the Low Expectations Podcast. I'm your host, Ty. You can find me on Twitter at Tweetlist21. And today, I'm joined by a very special guest, the most famous person to ever be on the Low Expectations Podcast, uh, Johnny Kinsley. Did I say your last name right, Johnny? Yes, you did. All right, there we go. Or at BrickWallBlitz on Twitter. Johnny, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Doing, uh, doing a little better knowing that you said my last name correctly. Most people just say King- Kingsley. <laughs> yeah, uh, my name is spelled T-A-I, so I'm familiar with uh, wrong pronunciations. Um, but anyway, thanks for joining the show, bro. Not a problem. Let's get right into it. Yeah, let's just dive right in. I, I had Johnny on because... Today, we are going to preview the AFC North, and, and the AFC North is where his beloved Cleveland Browns reside. Johnny, um, as a Browns fan, how long have you been waiting for like a season that's actually hyped up and not just going to be filled with pain? How, how excited is the fan base, and how excited are you? Well, since I live in Cleveland, it's obviously a huge Browns town. And honestly, like everywhere, everywhere you go, there's there's bigger, bigger jerseys everywhere. I, I was actually at the bar last night, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw like like five, six Baker jerseys alone. So that's just that's just like the idea of like how big of a Brownstown this is. Um, I would I would I would have to say the last time I was this excited was either 2007 or the first half of 2014, where the Browns started seven and four and then collapsed to seven and nine and then went to the bottom of the NFL again <laughs> as, far, like, as far as I'm concerned like I like I don't think the city has been as excited for the Browns as in uh 2007 when they actually they like they never had a, a losing streak at all that was I believe the last time that's ever happened to them that was, that's just, the Derek Anderson season right yeah and as yeah. we all know that was, that was kind of a fluke he, like he actually did just retire like a couple months ago I believe Oh yeah, yeah. Pour uh, one out. Yeah, um, I think, I think really like when you, when you compare it to um, when LeBron came back to Cleveland, like I think it's, I, th- I think there's like as much hype, if not more, because of the Browns having a quarterback, which is something that they haven't had really since uh, they came back in 1999. So, re- so really, this town is uh, this town is really hungry for any anything resembling the playoffs and. With this, with this team, I think they definitely have the talent to get there and beyond. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So we'll, yeah, we'll 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 talk plenty about the Browns. Um, but I was thinking we go just fair to go from first to worst based on last season standings. Um, so that means we're starting with the Baltimore Ravens and my I stand uh, my son Lamar Jackson. Um, you know the way this division ended last season was was kind of like out of a movie almost like going into week 17 the Steelers and the Ravens were fighting for the division and the Steelers needed the Ravens to lose to the Browns and then they needed to beat the Bengals and there was like that crazy scene where the Steelers players were literally on the field watching the the end of the Browns Ravens game and I don't know it's some crazy stuff but uh anyway to the Ravens uh Johnny I'll let you start just what do you think of Baltimore going into the 2019 season as a football fan, I think they, I think the front office has done an outstanding job of retooling this team to uh, becoming what they feel is a Super Bowl contending team, and I think they certainly can get there with some improved quarterback play from Lamar Jackson. Now, a lot of people 
that follow me have, have tweeted how, how Lamar Jackson is a running back. He's not much of a passer. I personally loved him coming out of college. I thought Same. he was a pretty good passer, and I loved his running ability. So that so that that, that was something that really intrigued me. Now, um, in regards to his rookie season, I didn't exactly think that he was a perfect passer by any means. He definitely fumbles the ball a lot. That's been one of the uh, the more obvious criticisms that I've had for him. But as far as his passing ability goes, I don't think it's nearly as bad as a lot of people have said. I think there's definitely some moments where he's making some really difficult throws, sitting the ball in the tight windows, and he's definitely creating air pressure. And let's not forget, this guy is kind of, this guy's kind of like a like a Michael Vick or a Cam Newton in regards to uh, the like the absolute speed that he gets from his running. It's like it, like this is. This is something that they weren't getting from Joe Flacco, and despite the fact that he really wasn't producing a whole lot of like uh, of passing yards, he was definitely making the Ravens' offense a lot better than Flacco was when he was playing. So that was something that really benefited them. Um, in regards to the uh, supporting cast, the, the Ravens got two of my fa- two of my three favorite receivers from this draft class uh, in Marquise Brown, who was my absolute favorite, and Miles Boykin, who was my third favorite behind J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who went to the Eagles. Um, and it, it just it just seems like the Ravens hit like hit home runs with like every piece that they needed. Like r- running back, they got Mark Ingram to. Uh, be paired up with Gus Edwards, which would be a really intriguing tandem of running backs. For our receiver, I obviously mentioned they got Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin, who I think is really, really promising. Mark yeah. Andrews, yeah. Andrews was an absolute steal at, at tight end. I really think he should have been drafted higher than Hayden Hurst, which is kind of it's, – it's it, was, it was a little odd that like, the third rounder was a better player than the first rounder, but – so be it. Um, and and of course, let's not talk about the Ravens without mentioning the defense. They they definitely they still added a good amount of pieces. Earl Thomas is there. I don't know how good he'll be coming off the injury from last season, but this is Earl Thomas, so I would expect nothing. Like I would not be surprised at all if he was playing to an extremely high level again. That second, that secondary as a whole is pretty impressive as well. Jimmy Smith, Slayer, I believe. Brandon Carr is a pretty good corner. Earl Thomas, as I mentioned, one of the best safeties in the league, probably a future Hall of Famer. Marlon Humphrey's a really intriguing young quarterback, cornerback, and uh, Tony Jefferson's also there. He's been a stud as well. And then you look up front, they've got guys like Chris Wormley, they've got Brandon Williams, they've got Pernell McPhee, Kenny Young, Matt Judon. They've got a bunch of talent on this team. This, like this, uh, honestly, is going to is going to be decided by how much Lamar Jackson can develop. I think he's I think he certainly has a place as a starter. But it's gonna be it's gonna be on him. It's gonna be on this offensive line. It's gonna be on the scheme to try and take him to the next level as opposed to just being another wild card team or a playoff team that goes one and done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you talk like so I mean you talked about Hollywood and I think him and Boinkin, like those are two perfect perfect receivers like I can just see them fitting so seamless seamlessly with Lamar um and yeah they, they lost some pieces too though I was wondering you know because I kind of I, I love the defense too I mean it's kind of hard not to with the amount of talent they have over there but I think it's only realistic to expect them to to at least regress a little bit from last year uh they were third in defense of DVOA last year so I yeah. I'm not saying like a huge drop off. I could see them dropping to like seventh, you know, or eighth. And then, 
And then I think it's the question that we have with a lot of teams that win with defense is can the and like a kind of a average to blow average offense, can the offense pick up the rest of the slack? And and like you said, I think that depends all on right now as a, we're previewing, and that depends on what you think of the coaching staff and your opinion of Lamar. Um, do you think that's fair to think it's that the defense will regress a little given the losses of C.J. Mosley and Suggs, which, you know, he's over the hill, obviously, but Zadarius Smith as well? Yeah, and taking into regard the uh, defensive regression, it's very rare that a defense plays to an extremely high level in consecutive seasons. Yep. We've, rarely, we've rarely seen that. And I think I think the last time this actually happened had, like, was like the Legion of Boom Seahawks. They were outstanding and. 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015. And then, of course, as that went along, the offense got better and better as Russell Wilson was progressing as a passer. Somewhere down the line, unfortunately, like a couple, they were unable to get past the divisional round in those last two seasons after that infamous Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. But um, along the line, like, like this is, this is, that's actually kind of the question I have about the uh, the Bears defense. Like they play oh, at an extremely yep, high level. Exact same thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. With uh, with Adrian Amos gone, and uh, you're placing him with Haha Clinton Dix. Um, are they going to play at the exact same level? And that's going to kind of fall on the off that offense, which was risky. So that's the same thing with uh, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's a rookie. He only played seven games. You can't really expect too much of a guy that was thrown into the starting role after Joe Flacco was injured, but he came in, he uh, led them on a, uh, a winning streak. So that, so that happened. Um, yeah, I, I think it's fair to expect a defense to regress. I don't know if any defense like right now can really perform at like a number one level. I think that like, they'll still be a top 10, if not top five unit. But yeah, I think, I think it'd be pretty fair to expect a little bit of regression. Right, and like you said, it's it's nothing against it's nothing against the Ravens. Like we both love the talent on the defense, but that's just kind of how football works. Like you said, it'd be an anomaly yeah. if it didn't go that way. Um, so yeah, it just comes down. To, it's gonna come down. Like again, I think also I think Mark Ingram is a great fit next to Lamar. I can just see the Ravens still winning with the. Now again, Lamar needs to take care better to care of the ball for this to work. But you know that kind of ground and pound, ball control, win with defense, Lamar makes big plays. Like, I can see them doing that that type of formula and ending up with 10 wins again or whatever it is. But the Lamar's going to need to take a leap for them to be true contenders in the AFC, obviously. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, so anyway, to the, so their over under win total this year is only eight and a half. So again, I think Vegas is factoring in that, that little defensive regression and also this being a tough division. Um, so it, it, what would you, what would you do with eight and a half? Would you take the over or under there? I think I'd take the over. I like the amount of talent that's surrounding Lamar Jackson with the receiving corps. I don't know. I don't think, uh, Marquise Brown and Miles Borkin are going to do like outstanding stuff quite yet, but I think they're I think they're definitely going to be on their way. And of course, I love the defense as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you. I, I think as a fellow guy that loved Lamar coming coming into out of the draft, and you know, just kind of roots for him because of like how people do call him a running back or say he should play receiver or whatever it may be. Um, so I'm going to take the over as well. 
with that. Um, so next, the team that took second last year, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whew. Quite the offseason they had. <laughs> a lot has happened to them. <laughs> yeah, a lot has happened. Um, just two all pros off the team now. <laughs> um, uh, that may matter. Uh, obviously, lost Le'Veon Bell. They didn't have him really last year either, though, at all. Um, and then the AB situation, which really was one of the biggest headlines of the offseason. They ended up trading him to the Oakland Raiders. Um, what do you think of what do you think of Pittsburgh heading in? Are you as kind of doom and gloom as everyone else, where they're going to finally fall off a cliff, or do you think the infrastructure, Big Ben, Juju, you know, all they have is that enough to keep them in the mix? I'm sort of in the middle on that. I don't think they're necessarily going to fall off a cliff. I still think they'll be a pretty competitive team, and kind of, I'm still, they'll still be a thorn in the sides of. Uh, the, the Ravens and the Browns in regards to uh, competing for the FC North. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is still a capable quarterback. I didn't think he was nearly as good as his 5,000 passing yards would suggest. I think he made a lot of mistakes. He was ma- missing throws on the field, and obviously he was turning the ball over a lot. But he's still a capable, capable pocket passer. He's a pretty good pocket passer at his best. So I wouldn't put it past him to have another good season to, and to uh, elevate them to a at least – Another nine-win season, but I, but I think I think what's going to really hurt them, at least, at least in the early run, is the uh, the lack of Antonio Brown or the lack of like a true number one wide receiver. And I say this because Juju Smith-Schuster is a good receiver on his own. They're, like I have nothing against him. I don't think he's a bad player at all. I think he's a pretty good player. It's just the problem is um, last season his. Yardage total, like he had like 1,500 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns, I believe. But I feel like a lot of it was aided by how defenses were covering him. A lot of the coverage was similar to uh, similar to um, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, that Stephon Diggs was getting most of the tougher coverage, and Adam Thielen was kind of getting a little softer coverage. That Like that's allowed Adam Thielen as great as he is to get the yard shoulder that he has while Stephon Diggs is kind of trailing. So that was kind of similar. That was a similar situation to uh, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. Brown was having another excellent season. It's just like, it's just with teams uh, paying more attention to him, Juju Smith-Schuster was able to get open a lot more. Now you take away Antonio Brown. Like, again, I don't know how good Deontay Johnson will be. I haven't really watched him. So time will tell, I suppose. If he can like if he can replicate the success that Antonio Brown had, but Juju Smith-Schuster in my mind isn't exactly that guy that can that can really separate to an outstanding degree against press coverage and man coverage. I think he's a guy that obviously um, he's a guy that <clears throat> does it a little better in zone coverage and in the slot, and that that could be an issue for them. Um, <clears throat> I don't I don't really see a problem with the uh, with the backfield as James Conner did. A phenomenal job when he was on the field last season. He's more of a traditional runner. He's not the uh, the patient, slow, hesitant running back that Le'Veon Bell was. But his running style, like, is more more aggressive than Bell's, and it, it still worked out really well. And it helped that uh, the Steelers had one of the best offensive lines in the league. Speaking of offensive line, I yeah, they lost Mike Munchak to the Broncos. That was a huge hire for them on the offensive line. I think that's going to make them a lot better. Um, Again, I I don't know how good that like the offensive line will be with uh, with a new old line coach, but I still think they have like a great amount of talent. So I mentioned the offense. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, James Conner, 
Dante Moncrief, I'm not really a fan of. I'm not a big fan of Eli Rodgers either. James Washington is the guy that really has to pick it up because he was getting called out by Ben Roethlisberger in addition to uh, in addition to everyone in that team this year. But, but yeah, but that's besides the point. Um, if yeah, if he if the Steelers want to kind of replicate the success they've had on the receiving corps, I think that has to go with James Washington improving his play and taking that next step as a uh, as a good receiver. As a, as a great receiver, actually. Um, Vance McDonald, I have no problem with. He's a really good athletic freak at the tight end position. Uh, more along the lines on that defense, Cameron Hayward's a talented defensive tackle. I know uh, rlads.com has him listed as his defensive end, but he's a defensive tackle, so can't always trust those kind of sites. Right. Uh, Stephon Tewitt has been a talented like he hasn't been phenomenal, but he's been a good pass rusher in his own right. Bud Dupree's kind of been disappointing. Uh, they did draft Devin Bush, which is one of like the two Devons at linebacker in the first round, which is which kind of it, it gets a little confusing trying to different differentiate between him and Devin White, who's on the Bucks. And of course, on that pass rush, TJ Watt, not. He's famous not just because he's J.J. Watt's brother, but because he's also a pretty good, a really good pass rusher in his own right. He's a pro bowler. Also year. a freak athlete. Very much a freak yeah. athlete, I think. Yeah, he's only going to he's only going to get better as time progresses. I like him a lot. Joe Hayden, former Cleveland Brown, hasn't been an absolute disaster at corner, but nothing special either. That secondary is actually, I think, going to be a a big problem for that Steelers defense. It's, it it really doesn't. I don't think it really looks all that good. Terrell, Terrell Emmons didn't really have that good of a rookie season, but I don't think a lot of people expected much of him either. I don't think a lot of people liked him. Um, so yeah, I, I, I see, I see this defense having a very talented pass rush. Not the, not the greatest, but I think they have a, I think they have a good amount of talent. But I think a secondary is going to hurt them a little bit. So, um, what's their win total? Their win total is nine. <clears throat> nine. Uh, is there an option to take like that exact level, or yeah, you can push, you can push, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll push. All right, yeah, yeah. You know, I, so the juju, the juju stuff is super interesting because I agree, like I agree that um, AB was getting most of the attention, the double teams, you know, all that. But I do believe in Juju being a number one receiver. Honestly, I, I, I think he was. I think now we'll see. Let's see with him as the clear-cut number one option, how he produces. But um, I think I think Juju was really a borderline, you know, top seven or so receiver in the league last year. If I were to say that, how crazy would you think I was? <laughs> it's not. It's honestly far from the craziest thing I've heard. <laughs> again, again, I think Juju's Smith-Schuster is a really good receiver. It's just uh, I, I do have my doubts as to whether he can do that, like produce at that level without Antonio Brown. So Which time, is time will tell. Yeah, he, like he certainly has time to develop. Like, like, like I'm just like I'm sure this is not who he's going to be. Like, he's not going to be like solely dependent on Antonio Brown to get yards. I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to get better as time progresses. Right, right. And so we'll see. We'll see. It's kind of hard to say either way until we see it. So I mean, I guess I, I think. What your th- thoughts on Pittsburgh is? Do you believe in Ben as still a top eight or wherever you want to rank him quarterback? I think his peak, he can definitely get there. 
Um, his peak is still very, very elite when you see it. Now, how much do you see it is another question. Uh, the offensive line without Munchik, it, it'll be interesting, but it still does feature three Pro Bowl players. So if they can continue, you know, that kind of dominance under their new their new O line coach, then then that will I think their offense will be will be good again because again Connor was great last year. I, I definitely believe in Juju. I think they're even though they've you know it's interesting because the two they've kind of, two all pro players have just wanted out so badly. So it's kind of hard to be like, oh, the Steelers infrastructure is worth something. Uh, what do you th- what do you think of that? Just because I do think that there the infrastructure does exist with Ben and Tomlin, obviously, but. Do you think that's just more of a case of A.B. and Le'Veon being different guys, or do you think it's something deeper there? I don't think it could be something deeper there. Mike Tomlin hasn't exactly had the best control over his uh, his players. Ben Roethlisberger has been throwing everyone under the bus right. since uh, the beginning of time. I think like I think like a lot of players are starting to crack. I'm not saying like like everyone there hates him. Like I I do know like. A lot of people, a lot of Steelers players respect Roethlisberger. I just think the uh, receiving course in particular kind of had enough of his treatment of them last year. And combined with uh, like the situation with Tomlin, granted he got ex- he got extended through uh, the twenty twenty one season, but when you combine it with that, I think there is something going on in that locker room, and it definitely affected them last season. We'll have yet to see if it can do the same, or they can like. Or could, they can outlive themselves from that this upcoming season. Right. And Tomlin got the one year extension. That was reported a few days ago. Um, and that to me was the exact same. As a Packers fan, it just came off in my head like that's the exact same thing Green Bay gave McCarthy last year. It's like, okay, you show it right now or we're gonna we're gonna move on. Now I think Tomlin's a much better coach than Mike McCarthy, but I think I think that extension he gave was I think that was, it's like, all right, we have success. We make the playoffs. We have a good year, maybe a drama free year, or we're going to probably go in a different direction. Um, And, you know, I agree. I like the front seven a lot, actually. I I think there's a lot of talent on there. You went through the guys. Cam Hayward, obviously, is the one that sticks out. Um, I think they'll be able to rush the passer, but I'm with you. There's not a whole lot to be excited about in the secondary outside of Joe Hayden. Um, and so it's it's they they have some holes and a lot of questions going into the season. I think nine is definitely a fair over under. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under. I, I think that I think they're an eight and eight team or nine and seven, you know, right in that area. Um, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lean to a slight under there just because there's there's too many question marks and it's it's a tough division. So yeah, I'm gonna go under with the the Steelers, but just barely. Um all right, so moving on to the Browns, the probably the team receiving the most hype going into the season. Um, I, I think that's fair. Obviously, we know that they got Odell. Uh, Freddie Kitchens is the stepping in as the full-time head coach now. Um, Baker in year two, all the talent with the young draft picks they have on defense. Um, uh, Kareem Hunt's, you know, not the best person, but he's a talented football player with Nick Chubb. That's that's a great one-two punch. Johnny, tell us about your, tell us about your Browns. Are you as excited as everyone else? Absolutely. There's a 
phenomenal amount of talent on this team, both sides compared to the previous seasons. And I think it's like it's finally coming to the full force. You've got, of course, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback that to end the Browns quarterback curse, I think he just might have after his season last year, setting the uh, the new rookie record for passing touchdowns, leading the Browns out of the cellar, out of the bottom of the so bottom of the barrel, whatever. Um, seven, seven, eight, and one. But they did start two, five, and one because of that conflict between Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. And that's that's what I think. Like a lot of people forget. Like it's not like in addition to uh, the amount of talent that they've added this year, they were seven and eight and one because of that start to the first half. Like, they were actually in a good amount of those games. A lot of close losses. Yeah. Yeah. We have. Yeah, um. There, there was. There was like. I want, I want to say like they like let's say they were in like three four overtime games at the very beginning. I think I think they were in three. They won one of them, uh, lost one of them, and then tied the very first game. So yeah, they lost like, five one score games last year. Yeah, so. it's like crazy because a lot of, a lot of them were actually in the first half, if not all of them. Well, at, well, besides the week seventeen loss to the Ravens, but um. Like like that like they could like they very well could have been a ten with team with a, very, a little more luck in the first half of that year, but um, then again I guess Hugh Jackson still would have been there Todd Haley still would have been there there would have been conflict and Freddie Kitchens has definitely made a more quarterback friendly offense he he put in schemes that made a lot more sense he was catering to the skills to the Baker he was putting Nick Chubb in so I so it, it definitely worked out for everyone and. I'm really glad that they noticed that like this wasn't like that still wasn't good enough to make him a playoff team. So they went out, they got Odell Beckham, who I think is the best receiver in the league, fully healthy. He has is all he has all the talent in the world. He's probably the most complete receiver of this side of Antonio Brown. Um, they're pairing up with Jarvis Landry. I didn't hadn't really been a huge fan, but as a slot receiver, he's fine. And um Rashard Higgins is a very consistent receiver in his own right. Antonio Callaway, like Creepon, not exactly the best person, but has good potential as a receiver. And then you have uh, freak athlete David Njoku, who has outstanding hands. He has, a, he has great chemistry with Baker. Then Nick, then Nick Chubb, who it was a really good running back in his rookie season. Duke Johnson may or may not be. On the roster, he could be traded, but the Browns expect him to play, and he's showing up despite requesting a trade. So I got handed to him to uh, Duke Johnson and Jarvis Landry, very similar players. Let's just let me just throw that out there real quick. (laughs) Yeah, a a lot lot of people say like Jarvis Landry's a running back playing wide receiver, and honestly, that's a pretty fair evaluation. Yeah. Um. The one, the one concern I have about this offense, and it's probably the most obvious one, is on the offensive line. They traded Kevin Zeitler to the Giants, and that was to get Olivier Vernon. Ultimately, that was also uh, put in with the Odell Beckham Jr. that they also have with the Giants. <clears throat> um, Greg uh, At left tackle, Greg Robinson had a better season than... Whoever the, whoever the hell like I, I forget his name. He was in, he was in, oh yeah Desmond Harrison. He had a better season than Desmond Harrison, but that's honestly not really saying much. Greg Robinson himself was kind of a bust with the Rams. Didn't really do so good with the Lions either. Turn it somehow turned his career around with the Browns, even though it's not great or outstanding. It was still for uh, for the scheme that Freddie Kitchens was running. It was still enough to keep the Baker clean. 
Jamal Bantonio, a left guard, really good, outstanding guard. Gacy Shredder is a great center as well. Austin Corbett is kind of the guy where I think it could be a concern whether this could still be one of the best interior offensive lines in the league or take a step back. All depends on what he can do as in a starting role. And uh, I'm not really sold on right tackle either, but that's besides the point. Um, going into, into the defense, in terms of starters, I love this defense. Really love this defense. Miles Garrett, what more can you say about him? Phenomenal pass rusher. Loves dinosaurs. Loves anime. Can't get enough of that shit. <clears throat> awesome player. Larry Ogunjobi is a guy that I really like at defensive tackle as well. Maybe not the most, maybe not the flashiest in terms of stats, but I think he's a freak athlete, and he definitely showed that against the Saints, where he should have had three sacks. Aside from that, uh, that one penalty they got the Saints back in the game, but he's a really talented young pass rusher in his own right. And then they paired him with Sheldon Richardson, who was a very underrated uh, player for the Vikings, who a lot of people thought, including myself, thought was going to get a contract extension with the Vikings and a lot of Vikings fans I talked to expected that as well. And uh, they like they like they were going to lose Anthony Barr before that whole Jets fiasco happened and then he went back to them for like five years which is completely out of left field. Like, yeah, I, I still can't believe it. I don't know. I, like they were they seemed to kind of get rid of him and then after like Richardson went to Cleveland then the whole Jets thing he just came back. I know. Was, that, was, that was so strange. <laughs> that was very odd to see at least. Then you have Lee Ray Vernon, who I mentioned before was created. He, I actually watched him. He, he looked really impressive as a pass. I think he's going to be great as like that secondary pass rusher on the opposite side of Garrett. I, I think, yeah, that's a really nice fit, in my opinion. Yeah, and speak, speaking of speaking of which, uh, Janari Avery, who I tweeted about yesterday, very like great role player. Maybe maybe not the uh, maybe not a starter over Vernon or Miles, but he's definitely a guy that if you definitely produce, he was everywhere on the field last year, and he was a, a gem, a fifth round gem there. Um, going to the linebackers, Joe Schobert in a contract year. He was a pro, but he was the only Pro Bowler for the Browns in 2017. I think he's definitely one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent, players on that defense. His tackling ability, his tackling ability, has definitely been criticized. But in terms of coverage, he's been pretty, pretty outstanding in that regard when he's been on the field. Christian Kirksey might be on his way out with Sion Taki Taki Taki. I don't know his last name. Taki Taki, I think. Yeah, Taki Taki. Like he could be taking over eventually. Um, they did get Matt Wilson, who was another guy that a lot of Browns fans liked. So that yeah that that linebacker group should be improved this season with the loss of Jamie Collins. Um, going to, going into the secondary, there's three pieces that I really really like. Uh, Denzel Ward when he's when he's not getting concussed, which is to be fair not his fault, but um, when he's healthy, he's an outstanding young corner. He's only like he's only 22 years old as well. That's definitely. That's definitely huge when you consider how good he was in his rookie season. And then you go and you pair him with Greedy Williams, who may or may not be a fit in Steve Wilkes' zone coverage. So, so I'm hoping that uh, Wilkes adjusts and put and puts in a more more press coverage plays to suit Greedy, Greedy Williams' Denzel Ward because Greedy Williams is an outstanding press cover press coverage corner, and uh, I think. With that regard, I'm really excited to see him and Ward produce 
<clears throat> produce. Uh, and then you have Demarius Randall, who was traded for Deshaun my guy, Kaiser. My guy. Yeah. I mean, you're. <clears throat> I mean, for what's worth, like the new front office has retooled the secondary, so it's not much of a problem. I I actually do like that Packers defense a lot. I think they have a lot of talent. Ooh, so, you're preaching the choir, brother. <laughs> yeah, but man, uh, they traded Deshaun Kaiser to the Packers to get Demarius Randall, which which is uh, a rare case where it actually worked out in the Browns' favor. Yeah, they fleeced us. They fleeced us. We'll admit it. I mean, I mean, to, to, to be fair, Randall was was kind of like. In corner and McCarthy didn't like him either. McCarthy was didn't really like him, and I don't know. It, it yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what happened there. He played really well because I bet you remember this game. You remember that crazy Packers Browns game, the year the Browns went zero seventeen with uh, uh, with Brett <laughs> with Brett Hundley, man, and like they put they put Randall on Josh Gordon. <laughs> after Josh Gordon was killing Capers' own defense. And then they put Randall on him, and Randall really, really shut him down the rest of the game, and it helped Green Bay get back into the game. But anyway, sorry to interrupt you there. So I don't that, – that's a whole different but, conversation. But, yeah, to be fair, also, when Randall was a, was more of a corner, then they, they switched him over to safety, which I, I think he was either in college or his rookie season. I think you know more than me on that. But uh, he, but he, he was he, like he switched over the safety, and it, the the switch was kind of like kind of seamless. It was pretty similar to a, a Byron Jones switching from safety to corner mm, last yes. season, and he, and he was arguably the best corner of the game. Um, but they have the talent there in that secondary. Morgan Burnett from uh, he came from Pittsburgh, and then Green yeah, Bay he came from Pittsburgh. He, yeah, wasn't he in Green Bay too? He was in Green Bay. Yeah, he was draft. He was in Green Bay forever. Morgan Burnett's a solid player. As long he just has problems staying on the field, which you know that's oh, yeah. important. Yeah, so that's like say that secondary clear isn't perfect, and another concern I have is the defensive line depth behind the starters. Um, Jared Avery definitely is a really good player, but Trevor Coley sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris, like Chris Smith did made some plays last year, but I don't think he's exactly that consistent. Chad Thomas was in a fight today, so. Oh, so are you concerned? Guy. Just a quick question: Are you concerned with the 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 depth on the edge or in the middle? Because yes. I feel like in the middle they have a lot of guys, a lot of guys to throw. Oh in. yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. yeah the middle's fine. Secondary is fine. It just. Up front, with the amount of snaps that Miles Garrett and Larry Open Joby played, like Miles Garrett was the only guy defensive player last season to play at least a thousand snaps, which is absurd. I sort of blame that on Greg Williams, not, but just uh, like sidelining him a little more. But at the same time, it, it was it's kind of like he had to because there really there really weren't any guys uh, behind there producing, and that's still kind of a problem. But at the very least, they did get that start. Uh, those starters in Richardson and Oliver to come help them. So that's definitely something. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I wasn't really a huge fan of them trading uh, Agba to the Chiefs. I don't know who they. I, I forget who they got or what they what exactly they got from him. But he wasn't a, he wasn't the most outstanding player. But he was he was depth. He was solid depth. So. I'm probably gonna miss that, but um, <clears throat> overall, in, in regards to uh, this team, I think they're a very, very talented team. They're, they have a stacked uh, roster of starters, and 
I think it's definitely going to be enough to push them to uh, the postseason. Yeah, so they're they're over unders nine. I'm guessing you're going with the over. You'd be correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, their talent. It's almost kind of the roster turnover that they've done in such a short amount of time. Now they've had a lot of high picks. If I was gonna, but you got to hit on those picks, and it seems like they have. And man, they're they're just top end talent. Is it's really breathtaking for the Browns to have that type of talent, <laughs> like. I mean, like I think like Odell's had basically the be- one of the best starts to a career any wide receivers had. It's it was absurd to me that the Giants traded him for what they did. It, I mean, the Giants—that's a whole different discussion. But yeah, they 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 didn't even like get more than a f- one first round pick. They should have gotten multiple first round picks for him. That's bro, and they incredible. they they like wanted Jabril Peppers in the trade who's a box safety, and that's why they didn't want Landon Collins back. Like nothing the Giants does makes oh. sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like nothing the Giants does make sense. But I like Kitchens with Baker, like I think that's a really good fit. Odell, Landry again, I'm like you, not the biggest Landry fan, but for what he can be used in that offense, if he's used correctly, he's definitely a useful player. I don't think yeah. anyone would argue that. They have a they have a really talented backfield. They've invested a lot in the O-line. Um I still think that O-line's going to be good as long as they stay healthy. That's always a big if for everything. I guess that's the caveat with everything in the NFL. Um, and yeah, man, it's kind of hard not to like this team. I love Denzel Ward. Oh my gosh. Like it, when he was playing last year, that was like, it was some veteran corner type stuff where yeah. he just was ahead of his, ahead of the curve. Uh, most rookie corners have a big adjustment and period. But I mean, he just came in and was great right away. Um, the, the amount of talent they have on the defensive line, just on paper, like, like you said, the depth can be concerning on the edge, but. They should be able to rush the passer. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, man, it's crazy to me because I've all I, I kind of wanted to be like the guy that's like, I don't know. Let's wait. Let's let the Browns prove it. You know, let's wait. Wait. Let's. They need to show it. They're the Browns. You know, right? LOL Browns, as Twitter says. So let's see what the Browns do before we, uh, kind of anoint them. But I don't think I can do that when I like the. I like the coach. I like the quarterback, and they have all this talent. I I have the over too, and oh man, I think they're I think they're my pick in this division. I don't know if you want to make picks yet, right now, or what. But I think they're the pick. I I I I'd say I'd say they might be my pick, depending depending on what the Ravens do. Uh, but I I don't know. I'm 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 kind of split on both teams. I I might go with the Browns in this case. I think I think they're definitely ready. Yeah, I think so too, and. Uh, you know, I it's going to be – this is a super interesting division. I th- this is one of the best divisions in the NFL, I think. Um, I think all three teams we talked about have a path to win this division. Um, so, yeah, I, we're, I'm taking the over two on the Browns. I think 10-6, and 11-5 is what they're kind of looking at. And, all right, moving on to maybe a team that's not as interesting as the first three. But, you know, they're in the division. we got to talk about them. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, uh, AJ Green got hurt yesterday, uh, just a sprained ankle. He got carted off. I think, I think he's all right. Right. Did I miss anything on that? No, he's, he's expected to start at the beginning of the, uh, beginning of the season. I think they're pretty optimistic about that, but we'll see. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, another year at Dalton, um, <laughs> Uh, so what do you think of the, what do you think of the Bengals heading into the 19th season? 
think they're going to be as good as the Browns, Ravens, or Steelers. But I, I don't think they're going to be like one, like one of like the three worst or five worst teams in the league. They definitely, they do have, they still have a uh, a solid amount of talent on a talent on the offense. With uh, hopefully AJ Green is there. Uh, maybe this is the year John Ross dissolves and produces more than 200 receiving yards in a season. God, that's just so sad. They've misused him so bad. Free John yeah, Ross. They, yeah, they, yeah, they really <laughs> screwed him over there. Uh, in the meantime, Tyler Boyd just got extended. He had an outstanding season last year. Um, Nixon and Geo is a good combination. They have talent on offense. Yeah. Obviously, Eifert, if Eifert can ever stay healthy, which, yeah. I mean, but yeah. 14 games played for Eifert in the last three years. Just, that's just can't stay healthy. Can't stay healthy. That is that is absolutely absurd. And uh, I mentioned Don. Don's probably one of the more boring quarterbacks in this league. There really isn't much for me to say about him. He's like he act like he act, He's also like one of the more inconsistent. He can have a couple great games this season. Then he can have like three absolutely shitty ones, absolutely atrocious ones. And then for the most part, just mediocre. It's nothing special. It's okay. Maybe I can win close or lose close. It's really like, it's really nothing special. I think they're, I think they're wasting everyone's time having <laughs> like by not moving, not moving on for him. I think Zach Taylor is kind of wasting his time. I like Zach Taylor them. though. I like Zach yeah, Taylor. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Although the, to be fair, I think he's kind of being held at gunpoint with his doll situation. And Zach, like Zach Taylor is actually kind of like uh, the reason why I don't think this team is going to be a bottom, like a bottom of the barrel team, so to speak. Um, I don't know if they're they're probably not going to be a playoff team, but uh, I think I think coming from the Sean McVay system, perhaps he can implant a more modern style of passing, play calling, and uh, a more friendly offensive environment for Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard. Um, but again, the uh, offensive line took a massive, massive hit recently with uh, Jonah Williams missing the entire season with a torn ACL. That's, yeah, that's that's probably, that's really going to hurt that offensive line, which I, which really isn't that talented to be, begin with. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I had to say about the offense. The defense is getting back uh, Carl Lawson, I think. I think he's still back. Is, 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 he, is he still injured or is he back? I think he's back. Let me double check. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm checking the depth chart. It says he's back. Yeah, he, uh, yeah he's back. Yeah, yeah I, I really liked him his rookie season. I thought that he was definitely better than the stats indicated at the start of his 2018 season before he uh, missed the entire season. Uh, he's a very, very talented young pass rusher, and I'm looking forward to Looking forward to seeing if he can put this together this season. Uh, Geno Atkins, not much we can say that hasn't, hasn't already been said. Phenomenal defensive tackle, one of the best interior pass rushers in the league. Carl Dunlap still producing at a considerably high level. Um, yeah, uh, the, uh, linebackers aren't absolutely outstanding. It's not really a, not really a massive fan of that linebacker group. Um, Drake Patrick is still on that secondary, which is, which is like, it's, it's, it's just whelming. It's not underwhelming. It's not overwhelming. It's just whelming. Uh, Sean, Sean, Sean Williams, another name, another, another guy. 
And then, uh, then um, there, there are a few more. There are a couple exciting games on that secondary. Jesse Bates had a very good rookie season. I like him. Uh, William Jackson kind of been a little inconsistent, but I think he definitely has a lot of talent. I think he could put it together this season. He's definitely been anticipated to do such. And I don't know. We'll see about that. I'm not, I'm not exactly the biggest fan of this defense. It's still extremely flawed. It's still a defense that you can't exactly win a shitload of games with. Um, and yeah, I think like overall, at best, this is a very mediocre team. But they could, but they could honestly surprise people a little bit, like based on like expectations, uh, considering like depending on what their uh, their Vegas line is. Yeah, it's th- their Vegas line is. Let me get that. Um, anyways, while I look for this Vegas line, yeah, Carl Lawson. I have like the r- most ridiculous high opinion of him because he had a three sack game against the Packers. I don't even remember that in 2017. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was his break- breakout game. He was treating like so much pressure against the Packers that game. Yeah, it was crazy. It was against a backup tackle. I don't remember who it was. But I yeah I saw I saw a lot of fun watching it though. Yeah, me too. I, I I definitely believe in him. Their offense could actually be fun if man, if like anyone else was the quarterback. Like Dalton puts up yeah. decent numbers, but it's just it's just it leaves so much to be had. It feels like because they actually have a lot of fun weapons and and Zach Taylor. I mean, he he could have a. I agree, he's going to be innovative and bring a lot to that. But anyway, the Bengals are at six. Oh wow! Like I, I guess that was kind of in my head. I thought it was going to be a little lower. Yeah, that's the second lowest. That's the second lowest. Um, What's the lowest? uh, The Dolphins and Cardinals are at five, and then there's three teams at six. Oh what? I mean, I I mean, I can understand the Dolphins. They're definitely going to. They're probably going to be lying last place this year. But I don't really understand the Cardinals. I think they'll. I like. I definitely take it over on them. Mm -hmm. It's it's not really close. On that, uh, Bengals. Six feels right to me. <laughs> Six feels right. I don't know. Uh, I might push. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm there with six, you. Yeah, six sounds appropriate to me. It, it really does. Um, yeah. You have the Dolphins at five. You have the Cardinals at five, and the Raiders, Giants, and Bengals at six. Those are your lowest over unders in the league. Wait, hold on. Wait. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about the Giants. How are they not? The lowest. I, I under under on the Giants. I mean, yeah, yeah. Did you see a case of four games? Yeah, this, this should yeah. Oh yeah, we. I might need to jump on that right now <laughs> before that yeah, goes yeah. go. That might yeah. that that might uh, that might go down even more. They don't have any receivers, and their quarterback sucks, and they have nothing on either side of the ball except Saquon, free Saquon. Um, I, think Saqu- I think Saquon's the only reason why they're not the lowest. Uh, right. Because, because otherwise they'd be the lowest by far. Like a lot, like Vegas. Also, if they were like, if they were like a team that didn't have a ton of fans and like weren't in New York, I also feel like it'd be lower. You know what I'm saying? Like if they were in Arizona, say, and they just had the, they were the Arizona Giants, they'd probably be at like four or three or something. They wouldn't be as much from the roast, that's for sure. True, true. The Giants, I'm not a Giants fan. Not a Giants fan. <laughs> But yeah, I I'm, I think we're both pushing on the Bengals. I, I do you have anything else? Do you, so I think we're both leaning Browns right now. No, nothing official, nothing, no official predictions. But I think we're both leaning Browns in the AFC North. Well, uh, I would have to say my uh, 
my rankings would go from top to bottom, Browns, Ravens, Steelers, and then Bengals. So that's my opinion on that. Right. And I, I think, man, I think I'm right along with you. Um, uh, people usually get mad when people agree a lot, but I think I'm right there with you with that those rankings. But I like one through three is really interchangeable to me. I think I'm even though you pushed, I think I'm a little bit higher on Pittsburgh's overall potential. Um, but yeah, other than that, I I think I think that's gonna do it for this AFC North preview. I'm, I'm so excited. This is we're we're here, man. Football is finally back. Hell yeah! But yeah, so that's that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the Low Expectations Podcast. I've been your host, Ty. I think. Johnny so much for coming on and if he's gracious enough during the season I, we're going to have to get him back on sometime if that's good for you alright man thank you so much and that's it that's it appreciate it if you guys can just well, I'll tweet out the link and uh, just retweet get, away, get it out to your friends as many people as you can always appreciative and thank you guys for listening see you